Chapter thirty two of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Politics and Printers. When the Pittsburgh National Convention, which formed the Free Democratic Party, had finished its labors, a committee waited on the visitor to bespeak that support which had already been resolved upon and soon after a state convention in harrisburg endorsed it by formal resolution as a party organ it did its best to spread the principles of the party and its services called out commendations as well as the higher compliments of stalwart opposition from the foes of those principles allegheny county was overwhelmingly whig the visitor worked against the party and the cry from the whig press became why attack our party it is better than the democratic if you were honest you would devote yourself to its destruction not to that of the whig to this the answer was the whig party is a gold-bearing quartz rock and we mean to pound it into the smallest possible pieces in order to get out the gold the democratic party is an old red sandstone and there's plenty of sand lying all round about in the summer of eighteen fifty two the editor visited the world's fair held in new york and on her return found the office machinery at a standstill she had a contract with two printers who in making it had given no notice that they were the irresponsible agents of a union and therefore had no right to dispose of their own labor they professed to be entirely satisfied with their work and wages and loathed to leave them but Mars Union had cracked his whip, and disobedience was ruin, if not death. For these poor Pennsylvania self-made slaves, the visitor had no pity, although they pled for it. It advertised for women to take their places, stating that its editor was in its composing room. Other, if not all, other city papers did likewise, and there was a rush of women to the printing offices but ninety out of a hundred had not passed that stage of development in which women live by wheedling men those who wheedled most winningly got the places and the result in less than two months was such a mess of scandal as drove them like whipped curs back to their kennels but the editor of the visitor took a good look at each of the hundred applicants and from them selected three who had heads not hat-pins on their shoulders mr riddle was a partner in the visitor and engaged a woman the editor refused to give her a case when he indignantly said women have no mercy on each other there is that poor woman who has been trying to make a living at her trade making vests and is now on the point of starvation i have mercy on her but you have none the answer was a woman who cannot make a living at one good trade already learned will not mend matters by learning another I do not propose to turn this office into an elemosynary establishment. I want the women whom the work wants, not those who want the work. How long could that weak woman maintain her respectability among all these men? Would it be any kindness to put her in a place she is incapable of filling, and where she must inflict incalculable injury on herself and the general cause of women's rights to labor? do not let your generosity run away with your judgment 
my three typos came to be the mainstay of the journal as well as the only typos of the visitor for they were the nucleus of an efficient corps of female typesetters who held their places until mr riddle's last illness broke down his establishment soon after the opening of the pennsylvania c r r there was a bad accident one train running into another in a deep cut at night commenting on it the visitor suggested a red light on the rear of every train the suggestion was accepted immediately and this is the origin of the red light signal End of chapter thirty two